Airplane Lab, a podcast for anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. And if you hear any kind of rustling in the background of, like, uh, a blanket, per se, I don't know, (laughs) um, Tom is an old man, and he is all cozied up in a blanket down here in my basement as we record this. Well, because you keep it, like, 58 degrees or some crazy thing like that down here. (laughs) We keep it at 66 degrees, and that is very comfortable. Well... For you youngins, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you're you're getting old. Your well, blood's getting thin. I suppose. Yeah. So uh, I'm quite comfortable here. Thanks. Well, good. I mean, you look like I, an Eskimo, but that's I all right. I appreciate your concern. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well, I thought uh, this episode, we haven't uh, talked about what we've been up to project-wise lately. So I thought we'd uh, we'd give our listeners an update of what we've been working on and maybe answer a few uh, listener emails. That is a great idea. Yeah. So I'll start. How Good. About that? This is uh, I'm I'm following this episode, so you go ahead and do whatever you You're want. You're gonna let me lead. I'm this? gonna let you, you lead this one. You are in for something, <laughs> a uh, treat. So the Telemaster, uh, <laughs> we've been we've been working on this thing. Is, so, that, is that really what you want to start off with? Well, yeah. Uh, first, I'm going to start by saying that we've officially named it. Yes. I think we've mm-hmm. uh, we it is now called the uh, TCTM or the trash, trash can, can telemaster because that's where it came from. Uh-huh. And I am comfortable saying it is done. I know you're not comfortable yet with yeah. that, but I am comfortable saying this is the last time we're really going to talk about it. So Well, we can talk about it from time to time when we fly it. Well, yeah, but we're but, not going to complain about it not running right or anything like that. Well, so I, engine engine oh, number see, 5. You just jinxed it. Engine number 5. Engine number 5 is the final engine that's going to be on there. Yeah. So, let me recap. If, yeah, let's if, if let's, let's start from the beginning. Yeah, so a few years ago, uh, a club member passed away, and uh, our club was helping them, uh, the family, get rid of the estate, and uh, lots of airplanes this guy had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as part of the me helping them out, I you know loaned them a few tables so they could display the stuff and sell it, kind of like a yard sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invited a few other clubs, you know, to. Let them know we were selling stuff. But anyway, when it was all over and I went back the next day to grab my tables or maybe a couple of days later, I noticed in the trash can, like literally a big, you know, <laughs> 55 or 50 gallon trash can, a couple of them actually, in front of her house as I pulled up were full of, from a distance, they just looked like, you know, balsa sticks, you know, like something that might be left over from a kit that you've built. You know, you've got yeah. all the stuff that you punched like out. Broken of the, stuff. Yeah. And- all but then when I got closer, I noticed in these two trash cans, there were complete airframes in there, uncovered, you know, no covering on them or anything like that. But um, these were apparently were airplanes that didn't sell in the sale. So she had just literally taken them and stuffed them in these two garbage cans. Thrown them in the trash can. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, of course, I was polite. I, I asked uh, asked her if I could have these <laughs> remove them remove from the them garbage more. can and of course she was happy to let me do that because she didn't want her garbage guy to have to deal with it so i took them home and in the trash and one of the trash cans was a complete telema- a senior telemaster uh come to find out it was a, it was an old telemaster senior telemaster arf mm-hmm. uh, from hobby lobby 
but complete, complete. I mean, it had everything, you know, no engine or anything like that, but the airframe itself was complete and did not appear to me anyway to have ever been crashed. Yeah. The covering was in a sad state, what covering was left on it. Um, well, it was pretty much fully covered though. I mean, I, I don't think there was much there was missing. A, I think there was a pretty good chunk missing maybe on the fuselage, maybe. I, I don't remember. I don't to be remember honest. either. Um, but yeah, it was complete and uh, just from, you know, a cursory look at it, it looked like it just needed a recover job and stuff installed back in it and maybe a few little repairs. I think we had to do a repair on the fuselage. We did, yeah. Um, but uh, but that's how the trash can telemaster earned its name mm-hmm. and also how it came to us right? Uh, via the trash can. And then you didn't have room for it, yeah, so you, so you stuck me airplane. with it. I, I forget what the wingspan is, but it's 90 plus, I think, right? Uh, I think 97 on this one now, since yeah. we added a couple of things to it. Right. I think it's 97 uh, or 97. So yeah, it takes yeah. up a lot of space. And as I've complained many times before on our podcast, I don't have a lot of space to store stuff. So yeah, yeah. you ended up with it. Correct. And yeah. I don't have a lot of space to store stuff <laughs> You either, have more but, than I do. Um, so yeah, once uh, once you brought it out, and I think... Gosh, if I remember right, I think that was like 2017 or 2018. It's been I think quite it was a 2017, while. yeah. Because um, it sat here for a while till yep, we or before did. we got into it. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, the covering was in rough shape. There were uh, a whole bunch of uh, you could tell insects had been in it. Uh, there was <laughs> it, some hornet's nest. It did have a hornet's nest of it. in it. Yep, uh, a small so, one. It was a small one. Well, it was big enough to concern me. <laughs> I, <laughs> big enough I to was, warrant removing it. Yes, I was hoping it was a you know abandoned hornet's nest but i think it was actually yeah um but anyway no so we, we got the covering all torn off and, and and recovered it and yeah there were some repairs that had to be made to the the fuselage of the side had been smashed mm-hmm. uh just a little bit it wasn't anything terrible it wasn't yeah. crashed or anything it was right. just probably not Hang handled well or something like that yeah or not handled well when they were throwing it away because oh, you know it's true. going in the trash can that's who cares true. Um, but yeah, we got it all fixed back up and, uh, and then we decided to put some, uh, an engine on it. That's when our troubles began really. <laughs> uh, so everything was going so smoothly. Yeah. yeah. The radio install, we had enough radio gear between the two of us. We got that installed and, uh, yeah, then it came time to mount an engine. So I had the great idea. Hey, let's go gas with this thing. I have this old Ryobi 31 that I, uh, 31 CC that I converted quite a few years even before this. That um, had had come to me via uh, via a trade for a few things or something. Yeah. yeah. So it was just sitting in my. So it was, yeah, you just had it sitting there. And, yeah, in my hobby uh, side of the basement, not doing anything. And I remember it. It always ran good when I when I you know after I had converted, I was like, oh, this is a perfect candidate for this Ryobi. So we mounted the Ryobi thirty one, mm-hmm. uh, and I was working or something, but you had an opportunity to to run it. Yeah, I actually did get it running and and got it tuned and stuff and. Uh, it did run well. I mean, hand started, didn't have to use a starter or anything on it. And uh, only problem we came across was whatever the ignition system we had on it yeah. uh, provided a lot of feedback to the radio. Right. Um, so it was fine at idle, but I noticed uh, when I went to full throttle, <laughs> you know, like the, the elevator would go full up and the rudder would go like full right or left. I don't remember yeah, which huh. one. It just kind of went like all cattywampus and... I knew that wasn't going to work. Cattywampus. Cattywampus. Okay. Word of the day. Yeah. Um, Spell that. C-A-D-D wampus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but anyway, so we we decided then, and it really, the motor was too big for it. It stuck out like a foot in front yeah. of the firewall because yeah. it, it had long standoffs on it because right. of where the, the carburetor sat and all that. Rear exhaust as well. Yeah. And I I was concerned with that 
for a few reasons. First off, the firewall had a few holes in it already. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> and the other thing, really, I, I figured we would have a problem with uh, with a CG on it. Right. Because we were putting so much weight. I mean, that's a heavy it engine. It is a heavy engine, yes. Uh, we were putting that so far forward. Right. Um, and not only that, but like when I had it on there, I measured the cowl I would have had to build to put on there. I want to say it was right around 13 inches. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's a long cow. It, it would have looked like a, a pilotus or something like that, you know, just that really, not, 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 not thing, bad, but, but it doesn't yeah. match this plane. Yeah. Um, so because of those two reasons, we right. decided to go, uh, much to my chagrin, to, to glow. glow. Um, yeah. So I went kicking and screaming and agreed <laughs> to go ahead and switch over to, to glow because you had an engine right. and we wouldn't have to buy anything. Right. As it so. turns out, I had several. <laughs> so yeah, engine number two uh, was a Super Tiger 75, mm -hmm. uh, which ran great. Uh, I think, I still think to this day, the prop that I had on it was too small, but uh, uh, did not develop as much power as we were as we were hoping to get from it. it. It flew around, it flew fine, but you had to fly it pretty much wide open. I don't consider that flying fine. No. I mean, it looked like it was just going to fall out of the air the one or two times I saw you fly it, because like literally... <laughs> you would go almost a full throttle on the runway mm -hmm. and it wouldn't move. I mean, I, I swear you had to go up and kick a little bit to get I'm it to pretty get sure it started. that, yeah. It, yeah, it was not producing as much uh, thrust as we were as we were comfortable with. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we moved on to engine number three, mm -hmm. which uh, was an SK-90, uh, uh, which actually ran really good. It was a, it was a good combination. Yeah. Uh, it was a, uh, had plenty of power. Uh, flew the plane around, uh, I wouldn't say with authority, but it certainly flew it better than the 75. Yeah. With the too small prop on it. It looked like, uh, it looked like it was supposed to fly. Yeah. And we would have been perfectly comfortable calling leaving that quits. engine on it. And, done. And calling the project done. Yep. Dunsies, nothing else. However. <laughs> you broke uh, it. I broke it. It, uh, did I break it though, really? Well, who was flying it? Well, I was flying it. So you broke when it. When it broke. So what happened, uh, we may have mentioned this uh, before, but it actually broke the crank pin um, on the end of the crankshaft that goes into the connecting rod in flight. Yeah. It happened. Locked up pretty hard. Locked, yeah. So uh, so that was engine number three. That plane has had more dead stick landings, by the way. It certainly had more dead stick landings than it has had power landings. I think we counted two. Oh. It's had two landings under power, I think. I think so. And, and then the other like eight, than, yeah, have way been more than that, stick. with no power. And I will tell you, a couple of those I was very concerned about. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, the thing floats and floats and floats and floats. I mean, and Reggie, when he saw it, the last, the last dead stick, said the same thing. He said, "I wasn't sure you were going to make it back to the field, but I, I never, at any time, was I concerned. I had full confidence that the airplane was going to make it back. Really? See, I did. I, I really did. You were, you were so low." Over the corn when it happened. Yes. And I, I really think that had there not been that little area in the corn Where it was that low. was low, yeah. you would have been in the corn. You would have hit it. Perhaps. So to me, that's not plenty of room if you literally only had like two feet, oh, that's you know, two feet to spare. That's a lot of room. Oh. If you could fit another airplane, be right, never mind. Well, and then, so, <laughs> and I guess that's a different engine, but you asked me to flip the flaps. To flip the flaps? You asked me to flip the switch to put the, flaps, the flaps down. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't remember couldn't which re switch it was. Well, no, I remembered which switch, but I couldn't remember if it was up or oh, down yeah. for the flaps because remember that switch has to be centered. One way is flaps, and the other way is spoilers. Yeah, I'm not sure and why I, you set it up that way, but 
I still don't know why, why you would want spoilers on it. Well, because everybody, well, everybody, you kept saying, oh, this thing's going to be a floater. It's going to be hard is. to land. It's going to be, you know, you're going to want to take some of that and away. If you, set, you know, if you set your approach up accordingly, you know, you. Well, you I was concerned, spoilers. so I went ahead and put spoilers on. <laughs> but you couldn't remember if up was up or if up was down. <laughs> well, that's because I've never flown the thing yet. <laughs> oh, well, there's that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wonder uh-huh. why. Well, okay. I'll give that to you. <laughs> so that was engine number, what am I, that was engine number three. <laughs> yes. So engine number four, uh, w- we got airborne with this one once, I think, right? No, I think twice. Okay, so this was an ASP, or is, an ASP-91. Uh, so same, roughly the same displacement as the SK, the engine that it replaced. Well, now, we, we <clears> made <throat> it out to the field and flew it, and then something happened to it, if I remember right. Cause well, we, it was we, engine-related, whatever Well, it, was. it sure was. Because um, we took it home, and, and you took it off the off the airplane, and you went home, and you fixed it, and oh, you put that's it on right. your test stand. and what was it? I don't remember what it was either. They all go together. I mean, there have been so many problems with this airplane. Uh, Especially when you get the two 90s together like this. But anyway, the ASP-91 on the stand at home ran great. As good as the the engine before it. And you were so proud of yourself. I mean, you you made a special trip out here just to put I did. that engine on. <laughs> I did. And, I mean, we had it running pretty good. So here's the thing. So um, Ron, and I don't disagree, but Ron wants to mount the engine inverted. I do. And I don't disagree with you at all. Because if, we, it, if we mounted it the correct way, I shouldn't say correct way, if we mounted it with the engine up, with the cylinder up, yeah. the pilot will not be able to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It literally yeah, the, will the stick pilot up would have to look around the yes the engine. Yeah, nobody likes um, that. And besides that I, I think it it'll be a much cleaner look and you know if as much of the engine as we can hide on this particular airplane I think the better. Yes. So for that reason we wanted to to stick with inverting the engine and this ASP just on the stand at home uh right side up mm-hmm. ran Awesome, ran perfect. In fact, I I almost thought, oh, this thing's going to be even better than the engine we just took off of it, you know, before it broke. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, as soon as we got it out here and mounted it upside down, uh, it seemed like it ran good. It gave us enough confidence when we first did it to take it out to the field. That's yeah. what happened. And we got it out the field and we flew it, and of course it ran like crap. And then we brought it back and fiddled with it some more. And so I think we lowered flew it the tank, once. lowered. Yeah, we, well, no, because we, we flew it like that before you took the engine off and, and ran it at home. Oh, and then it started dying that's and, right. and we had yeah. problems with it. So yeah. that was another dead stick landing with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, then, uh, so yeah, once we got it mounted, when, you know, once you went through it. Another set of holes we, in the firewall. <laughs> yeah, that poor firewall. <laughs> uh, but once we got that done and, and got it out here, we did get it put on, ran it upside down. It was running okay. Yeah. So that's when we got um, a little cocky, I guess. Yeah. Took it out to the that's field. Right. And that was, a, I think that was a Friday. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. Yep. And then, because normally we go out to the field on well, Saturday, Saturday or on Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. Yep. But it was Friday night. It was kind of getting dark. And I was like, let's just go fly yeah, it. Temp- or the conditions were great. Yeah. It's running. Let's go. Yeah. So that's when we went out. Yeah. And uh, you were... Uh, you were perturbed. I was it. very frustrated. Yes, that's a that's a good that's I, that's a, a mild way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> there may or may not have been times when I said, 
certain words together that are not very nice. And I may or may not have expressed my displeasure with how <laughs> things were going with this airplane. Well, neither one <laughs> of us really believe in curses. Um, but this plane makes you uh, kind of rethink your position. Yeah, yeah. Engine number four here, this ASP now, you know, we're refuses to run upside down mm-hmm. uh, or refuses to run well, I should say, upside down or reliably. There yeah. we go. Uh, re- reliably enough anyway to for either one of us to fly at any given time. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, was was rethinking my position on the, the <laughs> real or not, you know, curses because this thing certainly seemed cursed. It did not uh, want to uh, perform with any engine on it, it seemed to yeah. this point. So enter... Engine number five. Which is, by the way, the engine that I am happy with. We're back to gas. That is what makes me happy with it. Yep, yep. So this is a DLE uh, 20cc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a perfect fit for the airplane. Yes, it is. Um, swings a 16 by 8 a propeller. Swings a 16 8, yeah. It, uh, it, uh, well, I will say that it runs good right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I don't no, want hold to on. jinx the project. Hold on, I because... know I'm going to go back. Okay, okay. Um, and it ran good as soon as we in- like when we first installed it. Upside down. I mean, fired it up. You know, it, it fired right up. Really. Uh, once, oh yeah. Once no, we mounted it. No uh, electric uh, this starter. Engine, nothing. This engine came off of a uh, uh, a profile plane uh, that I got in a package deal that we've talked about you know, mm-hmm. before. Uh, and w- I don't really know much of the history of the engine. I know that it's been sitting for a long time. Right. So. I was a little suspect before we got started. I was like, well, I don't know how long this thing's been sitting. The engine has been dry. You know, I'm sure there's no fuel in the carburetor, so stuff in the carburetor might be dry. But let's mount it, put some fuel to it. If it draw, if it, you know, if it will draw fuel from the tank, we're probably okay. And that's exactly what it did. Right. We mounted it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before we mounted it, though, you did something to the firewall, right? Didn't you make a new firewall so we could mount this thing? Was that before we mounted that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our uh, we did the blind nuts. You know, we didn't. We... Oh no, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, I did. I cut the. And why did why did we make a new firewall? Because of the gazillion holes that were in <laughs> the firewall that was. So there. literally, it it was Swiss cheese. It, it really was, and I joke, but but I'm not exaggerating when when I say we we messed with the the tank height so much. <laughs> Uh, that the hole for the for the front of the tank yeah. for where the lines come through was elongated to the point where it looked to me like a sight glass. Does is well is anybody familiar with the uh, Ford Edsel, the front grill to that? That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, yeah. It was I just mean, you that. could look through the hole. Oh, absolutely. See the tank and yeah. determine how much fuel was in the tank by just <laughs> looking through the front of the firewall. That's how many holes and how sliced up this thing was. So Ron uh, did me a solid. He he put it he. Uh, squared up a new firewall and slapped it on the front with epoxy and painted it up real nice. It actually looks really, really good. I, I complimented you on that. Earlier, yeah, so we, we did uh, we did put the new wood on front and then yeah. I epoxy that on. And the, the nice thing about that, though, is it did give us the the solid place to uh, to Neat. mount it. Yeah. However, we ran it first a few times without the paint and yeah. the oh, epoxy yeah. on the front right. of the sidewall yeah. or on front of the firewall because we just... I wanted to see if this plane was going to work before we had to do too much, or yeah. if this motor was going to work before right. we did too much to so it. So anyway, back to the engine. We you yeah. know, mounted it up, put fuel in it. it. It drew fuel, fired right up, and it idled. It transitioned. It ran well at full throttle. And we looked at each other. We're like, yes, we're there. So let's go fly it. Mm-hmm. So we took it to the field. Mm-hmm. And 
fired it up at the field. Oh yeah, it sounds great. Here we go. I'm gonna I'll fly it, Ron, and then I'll land it. You know, I'll make sure it's all trimmed. And then you said, Hey, why don't you? I was in the air, and you said, Hey, let's before I fly it, I want you to try the flaps one more time. I'm like, Yeah, cool. And just as I was saying, Yeah, cool. I'm on. I'm on approach for. I'm actually on final, and the engine dies. Yeah, as I'm on. So yet another. I mean, just quits. Yeah. Like not sputters, nothing like that. Nope, just quits. just dies. Mm-hmm. As if somebody had shut the ignition off is mm-hmm. almost what it was like. So another dead stick. This time less dramatic because I was already lined up for the runway and on my final. Approach, yeah, I wasn't but, concerned about that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, of course, after the landing, we get it back to the table, and then it's an hour and a half, two hours worth of frustration after that. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, you uh, you got pretty frustrated. Yeah, it I, was... I, I would. There was a point there. I was really ready to return the telemaster from where it came. I was I was a little concerned. I, I think the only thing that made me realize that wasn't going to happen is because you still had the motor mounted to it. <laughs> so I, I wasn't worried that it was going to get smashed or thrown in the garbage can yet. Yeah. Um, I That thought only crossed my mind after you took the motor off. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I would... So I, I can honestly say that I've never been so frustrated with a model airplane that I've intentionally smashed it or thrown it away or anything like no. that. I've always... I do get frustrated, especially engine number five. Do I need to <laughs> say how many engines we've had on this thing? Um, but uh, I, I did get super frustrated. But the best thing I can do is what I always do is just kind of walk away from it, go tinker with something else, help somebody else with their airplane. And then by the time I get back to it, it's like, I've got a chance to breathe. Okay, let's figure out what's going on with this thing. So, yeah. Well, I took- it, it did get to the point, though, where I did not want to uh, be around you. <laughs> I thought it was best if I just walked away and let you have your space. And um, you did, yeah. And I, I, I absolutely, yeah. I was like, nope, we're not talking to him tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was. I was uh, very frustrated for sure, uh, angry even. Uh, I would say. I think the fr- yeah, you you went past frustrate or frustration to, um, to anger yeah. and maybe a few other <laughs> emotions in there also. Sadness, maybe. Dismay. To, dismay. Uh, I, I think I, I saw you crying on the floor. Doubting you myself, know, doubting my skills as a tuner. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, once I calmed down, uh, <laughs> took the engine off and, uh, you know, called it a night. And I think you were you had flown the superstar. <laughs> yes, I, I, I did fly the trainer um, just to make sure everything was okay on that one still. Yeah. The front wheel was off a little bit, so I had to uh, to fix the... Steering arm. Uh, the steering arm on mm-hmm. it. However, didn't get to fly that one again because it took us so long with the, the telemaster, the telemaster yeah. that uh, we ran out of light. Yeah. And I had actually taken uh, a second airplane out there with me on that day, uh, which is the Cloud Dancer 10, which we've I've mentioned before, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> that, was, that was the other thing that made you not too happy. Right. Because yeah. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, so anyway, took the engine off the telemaster and Got it home, and the next, I think it was the next night I had a little bit of time, and I had cooled off by then. <laughs> um, took the carburetor off, and... Uh, oh, you pulled the carburetor off when we were there. Pulled the carburetor off when we were there, yeah. But you didn't have anything to kind of compare it to. Right. And I felt the diaphragm, and like a, like a, like he was, you said, I didn't really have anything to compare it to. So it felt to me, like, initially, like, oh, the diaphragm seems like it's okay. It's nice and soft and pliable and whatever. Yeah, it's got this kind of a weird hump in it where the, uh, where the vent hole is on the cover, but... Not enough to restrict its movement, you know, yeah. anything. And the screen was clogged. And the screen had some junk in it, yeah, yeah, on the carburetor. So got it home, took it apart the next day, 
and uh, and had a Walbro. Um, now this is a DLE carburetor that's on it, but it's basically a copy of a Walbro. I think it's a XT six four seven or some something like that. But anyway, you can make it up. I don't know the difference. <laughs> but it's a Walbro copy, okay? Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of Walbro kits, uh, carb rebuild kits at home. And if anybody's you know familiar with those, they come with about a I don't know, 5,380 pieces in the kit because they fit. <laughs> and you have a to lot, pick the right one. Right, they yeah. fit a lot of different carburetors. But the diaphragm is kind of the same. They're kind of universal across their line. And the diaphragm in that kit, when I compared it to the diaphragm that came out of the carburetor, was there was a, a very noticeable difference in how soft the replacement was. The rubber so, was on it. Yeah. yeah. So I rebuilt the car. Well, I replaced all the components of the carburetor with the, from, from the carb kit and and that made you feel a lot better. It did. It made me feel a lot better uh, knowing that there was probably something wrong with the carburetor and not my tuning skills. <laughs> Which uh, makes sense, though, because, I mean, really, it wasn't... I mean, it just well, sounded and, like it was started yeah, to fuel. and at the field, um, another friend of ours, Dave, uh, who's been in RC hobby for as long as me... He's also the one, by the way, that said the ASPs do not run upside down. Yeah. I wish we'd have wish talked I to him a couple weeks that before that. Before but... that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, looking back, that would have yeah. been good to seek out his advice on that. That was but the anyway. first thing he said. You're like, yeah, we had an ASP that was mounted inverted. Oh, those don't like Oh, to yeah, be... those don't like to be upside down. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Well, all right. <laughs> um, but anyway, he like when he came over to look at the DLE the other night, he went through the same exact steps that I did when I was you know trying to figure it out too. So that made me feel better yeah. as a you know as a hobbyist that i you know i i kind of knew what i was doing because this guy here just confirmed it by doing the exact same thing you know he's a very talented modeler anyway so yeah replaced the components in the carburetor we uh came out earlier this evening put it back on the airplane and it runs like a champ it uh, right now it <laughs> runs very well you're you're not ready to call it yet i'm not i, I i'm telling you I, I don't believe in these sorts of things. I'm not superstitious, but that airplane, there's something about it. I feel like if we get it to the field, I don't want to jinx it, right? I don't want to say it's good to go and then get out to the field and then just the frustration again. So Nope, I'm ready. I'm saying it's out here at your house, we ran it for five, ten minutes at least. Um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. At idle, at mid-range, at wide open. It ran exactly the same at the end of that ten minutes or five minutes or whatever as it did at the beginning. Yeah. And the small adjustments I made actually made slight changes in the, how it ran, which mm-hmm. is what it's supposed to do. So anyway, yeah, you're ready to call it. Uh, I want to call it done and ready to go, and I will when the next time we make it to the field and you get to fly it. That's when I'm going to be ready to call it done and actually wash your hands. Wash of my it. hands of it. Oh, well, I'm not going to wash my hands of it. I'll still fly it from time well, to time. Well, yeah, but it will be your you baby. Won't, you won't have point. to worry about it. I, yeah. I'll be the one storing it right for well, us. And flying we it whenever out. you want to. Sure. Well, same with you. <laughs> um, so, no, because like I'm, I'm comfortable calling it done because, and, and here's why. Okay. That motor um, is really the one I want on it. <laughs> yes. So it's kind of come gas. back. Yep. It's kind of come back around. To, Which I like to too, how probably. I originally was envisioning that plane. Uh, it fits better than the original one. It does, so actually. It, I mean, it, it was made for it pretty it really, much. Yeah. It had a problem. You called it before we ever put that motor on. You're like, I don't know anything about this motor. Um, right. I was not confident from the beginning. Yeah. Right. You said, I don't know anything about this motor. The carburetor might need rebuilt. We ran it. It runs fine. I mean, we've not had a problem with it running with the exception of the carburetor thing. Right. But really, so... 
I'm comfortable calling that plane done now with a rebuilt carburetor. It's got new batteries in it. It's got mm-hmm. everything in there is, is set the way it's supposed to be. Yep. So I'm comfortable calling that done. Okay. You, can, will, you can call it done. We will not have that motor off again. Wow. <laughs> you should not have said that. Nope. I'm that confident. We are good. It <laughs> okay. is. That's, well, I mean. That's the way it's going to be. Okay. Well, I, I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you fly the thing from a takeoff to a landing, when that happens, then I will call it done. Okay. And we'll be on the same page then. Well, a couple days. <laughs> well, I hope so. Maybe. We'll see what the weather's yeah. supposed well, to be. Plus, yeah. I have to work this weekend, which is kind of a bummer. But anyway. Yeah, just, just quit. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> quit my job. Maybe maybe we'll make a career out of the uh, RC Plane Lab podcast. Can you do that? Wouldn't that be nice? That would be awesome. I would love to just talk to people all the time about airplanes and make a living at it. Right. That'd be pretty cool. Hey, now, if, if for just... anybody who's listening... Um, if you know of a way or if there's something we could do to make you want to listen to us forever, let us know. I would love to make a career out of this. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just spend a bunch of money. Uh, unfortunately, but it's on it's the all, podcast, on the hobby, you know, it's yeah. all, it's all, all yeah. a wallet. Hey, drain. speaking of spending money. Okay. Um, kind of off the topic, but I bought another engine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Wait, what'd you buy? It's not a Clarence Lee. Come on. I know, I know. But I bought, I found a really good deal. I don't care anymore. I think it, Clarence Lee is all I want to hear about. When are you going to send the check in to him? Uh, well. No, like so, really. Yeah. So no, the, like the seriously. Other, <laughs> stop it. No, like really, when? <laughs> I will. How ma- I, when? I, I don't know when. Give me a date. It, I, I can't, I don't know. Give me a date, I, I and for every day, yeah. no, for hey, every week. do you week, still get the Model Aviation Magazine with your AMA subscription? Yeah. Do I don't if, read them, but well, Right. Yeah. Do me a favor. I think Clarence Lee still has the ads. I think they're usually somewhere towards the back. Okay. Um, I, For some reason, I'm not getting the magazines. I don't know if maybe I might have clicked, don't send me these. I don't know, but I'm not getting them for whatever oh, okay. reason. Uh, if you find that ad, take a picture of it or whatever and send it to me, or if anybody's listening... Uh, that knows the ad. I'm talking about the Clarence Lee engines ad. Take a picture of that and send it to me, and I'll send a check. Are you Are you serious? So here's the thing: for every day that you don't do it, after whatever date you give me, you owe me an airplane every day. An airplane. Airplane a day. Let's make a deal. Okay, so that by will... January first, I will have sent the check. Okay. By January first of 2021. Of 2021. January 1st, 2021. Yeah, so, so that gives me a few months, right? Six months from now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That buys me some time. You'll Airplane get off day. my back. I will. Okay. He might be dead by then. <laughs> Who might be dead? Clarence Lee. Well, I mean, no, he, that guy's going to live forever. Okay. So the next airplane I want to talk about. Wait, uh, no, no, no. Hold the, on. You did say you bought an engine. What'd you buy? Oh, so I bought a an HP Gold Cup 61, which is a... Beautiful engine. See, I love it. You're looking at me like looking for a, a, like a reaction for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. I you have impressed? no clue what I'm talking about. No clue. So these HP engines- is were, a, HP makes printers, right? They do. That's Hewlett Packard. Oh. This is not a different? Hewlett Packard engine. Oh, okay. No. Uh, this is an engine. They were made in Austria, which is kind of cool. They were all imported. None of them were made here. Yeah. Uh, they were, well, you can get them in several different flavors, if you will. Uh, I have the, the black Thermax coated one with the gold anodized head and- prop hub washer it's a beautiful engine and i cannot wait to mount it on a pattern plane because that's what they're made for oh cool i think they're, that's what they're made for but I, <laughs> yeah i'm really excited it's in really really good shape i uh, found it on you know rc groups where i spend a lot of my hobby money um 
but I'm really excited about it. I got it came in the mail yesterday and it's it's beautiful. I can't wait to put it on stand and fire it up. And so what vintage would this be from? What uh, era? so these were these were probably popular mid eighties, mid eighty you know, early to mid eighties, you know, eighty two maybe for from eighty two ish to you know, late eighties probably. Hmm. Uh that's when they were imported. So and between I think like when I was one to <laughs> like seven. Uh <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but anyway, they uh, actually Model Engine Company of America or Mikoa. Mm-hmm. If you go to the website, they actually still list them on their website. I, I think they may have bought the company or maybe the rights to the company, uh, which they also own K and B and a few other um, a Fox. I think also now. But anyway, if you go to their website, you can see this engine on their on their website. Just look for HP, not HB, because HB is on there too. They own them too. Oh, that's um, different. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, HB was a German company that was producing engines, of which I have a few also. Uh, but anyway, exciting! I, I love few. it when engines come in the mail. I get really excited, like a you know, like a kid at Christmas. I like engines. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So the next airplane, yeah, the Cloud Dancer Ten project. Speaking of engines and tuning and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the 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 day we took the last time we took the Telemaster out and all the frustration. Um, also in the mix with this little Cloud Dancer. <laughs> And this uh, is the one that uh, I, I I did kind of feel sorry for you because you uh, you were messing around with the Telemaster, not having a lot of luck, and then as I was flying my other airplane and stuff, and we were out there, I heard you down with the Cloud Dancer and <laughs> trying to get it running and stuff, and it just yeah. kept dying over and over and over again on you. Yeah. So not a good day. So Rob at uh, BalsaWorkbench.com, the 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 guy that actually sent me the short kit the laser, uh, laser cut short kit for this little airplane. Um, he also had sent me an engine to, to fly with it. Cause I didn't own anything that small at the time. Well, I didn't know anything that small that wasn't already on an airplane. So he sent me an engine in OS 10 that, uh, that I couldn't get to run. It was very low on compression, which, which Oh yeah. I mean, you, you could remember. Yeah. It was, uh, it was about, uh, I'll say there was like no compression. It was, yeah, it was but it was weird low. because it like came and went. I mean, like there were times where you do it and it felt like there was a little bit of something, but then it would just yeah. like go away. Um, but so I tried to run that engine on the stand at home and I couldn't even get it to run on the stand except for like wide open throttle. I mean, that's about the only, and electric starter, I couldn't hand start it at all. Well, you ran it out here too for a little bit I trying think, to get it. Yeah, I think I, yeah. think I did a little bit, mm-hmm. and, but it would only run at like wide open. Couldn't get it to mid, you know, mid, I couldn't get it down to mid range. It would, as soon as I came off wide open, it would pretty much just die. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when we visited a hobby shop that's local to us, kind of local to us, not local, but within driving within distance, driving a, distance, within a day trip. Yeah, within a day's trip, um, I found a new in the box mag. Uh, I'm sorry, Thunder Tiger uh, ten, which is kind of more or less a copy of the OS ten, which is kind of more or less a copy of the OS ten. <laughs> sorry, my drink is empty now. Okay. Um, new in the box, right? So. Uh, it's an ABC engine, which we we've talked about on the on the show before. Uh, they require a kind of a different kind of break in. So I'm I'm hoping the issues I had the other night with that are due to that. Um, Have you ran it on your test stand yet? I did. Okay. Uh, in fact, I ran it on the test stand before I mounted it on the airplane. Okay. And it ran awesome on the <laughs> test stand. But out at the field. But out at the field, yeah. Once I got to the field, and it, like I said, you know. Running on the test end is a little bit different than running it in an airplane. You know, you have a different fuel system. It's not the same fuel tank. It's not the same fuel lines. They're not routed the same. You know, yeah. the, the vent line is a different height or the tank is different, whatever. So some of those changes or those differences might be 
partly to blame as well. Sure. Um, the engine is full, almost fully cowled. So heat could be an issue because it did seem to run okay at first. And then like maybe once it got hot, maybe the needle settings weren't right, or maybe it just doesn't want, you know, it's, it's not broken fully yet maybe. Mm-hmm. And the heat is causing, I, I don't know. But yeah, there was some frustration involved. Um, and why so, do you like this hobby again? <laughs> because it's the challenge. Like when I finally figured it out, I'd be like, yes, satisfaction. Finally, I figured it out. Or, you know, kind of like, you know, the, the Telemaster engine. I, you know, engine number five took five engines, but by golly, we figured it out. And I'm calling it done. And I'm not. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So I finished the trim. Um, getting back to what we've been up to, I fin- went ahead and finished the trim scheme on the Cloud Dancer. And I'll, I'll put a picture up on uh, Facebook, you know today or tomorrow uh, or okay. after the show airs sure. and so people can see what it looks like. It looks really neat, I think. I think it came out really nice. If you're familiar with what a cloud dancer looks like, this looks just like it, only smaller. And it's hard to tell in pictures of the size. That's true, it is. Maybe I'll take another <laughs> picture like with my hand on it or something. Oh, that's, oh there you go. You know, for scale. Oh, um, sure. But anyway, that, uh, um, that day <laughs> between the Telemaster and that little cloud dancer and the engine woes, you know, I was... I was kind of down on myself, honestly. I was well, I'll be honest. Questioning I was, whether I knew what the heck I was doing. I was too. I don't blame you I because mean, I was two like, failed wow, attempts right the... here, and then the failures uh, you know, leading up to that with the telemaster. Like, I'm, does Tom really know what he's doing? I'm going through my mind, thinking, "Gosh, who else can I get to co-host with me? Because right, this exactly. guy needs to go. This guy's an idiot." <laughs> so, luckily, a, a little talk. bit of saving grace. Dave did come over there, and like I said, he he, he kind of. Um, I don't want to say vindicated, but he, he went through the same steps that I had gone through just yeah. right before. And yep. so I knew I was on the right track at least. So that was, uh, some, uh, consolation, but yeah, I was pretty upset with, with myself and just with the whole situation. In with general. the whole world. I was, yeah. With everything. So, but a, a piece of good news though, um, the Kristen Eagle that I, that I had taken to the club fly-in or the club open house, that it was too windy to fly. Mm-hmm. I did fly that a uh, few days before or the weekend before and it flies great. Uh, that was that same, was that, that was the same night, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yes, it? it was. Are you sure? Yes. It was the same night that I went out because you took that one with you and I brought my two airplanes out. I flew one of those, you know, the, the trainer one just to make sure it was okay for when I get to take my kid out. You're right. And then you flew yep, that one. Right. I did. Because I had three a, airplanes. Yeah. I had the Kristen Eagle, the little cloud dancer, and then I took the sandpiper out there too, which yes. we didn't fly. Of which you only flew that one. Yeah. The, the, the Kristen, Kristen Eagle. Eagle. Yeah. Well, I flew the Telemaster briefly. Well, yes, you did. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Kristen the Eagle flies uh, flies great. Um, uh, a little backstory about the Kristen Eagle. It belonged to a club member who... Uh, who after he built it, he wanted me to test fly it for him. So I, I did. I trimmed it out for him, and uh, I'm not sure if he ever actually flew it. No, uh, but I, don't I expressed think he did. I expressed to him how great a flyer it was, and how I love Kristen Eagles, and I, I have kind of a soft spot for biplanes. He ended up giving me that airplane when he when he moved. He, uh, you know, older gentleman uh, moving out of his house into an assisted living place. A very uh, to nice make, old gentleman. To make a long story short, there's yeah. a there's a really long story with that too. You, that I'm sure you're partly aware of. With the airplane? No, with his living conditions. Anyway, oh, that's not yeah, not yeah. Right, but uh, but yeah, he moved into an assisted living and couldn't obviously take all of his. He had a lot of airplanes. Uh, a lot of his, airplanes. He, that was his like passion. Yep. Um, and he had gotten into the hobby kind of late, I think, in life. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of making up for lost time. <laughs> he bought a lot of airplanes and stuff. Yeah. But um, because I had expressed, you know, 
how much I liked that airplane. He actually gave the airplane to me, you know, when he moved. Uh, and of course I was thankful and, you know, tried to, you know, buy it. And he's like, no, he would never take anything for it. Yeah. Uh, but and unfortunately he passed away here you yes, know, he did. recently, uh, which is a, it was kind of sad because he was a very, very nice gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so now I have this, this Christian Eagle that belonged to him that I will now, you know, cherish and never probably get rid of. Yeah. Because it means something to me because he was such a nice guy. But the fact that it flies awesome is, is, uh, is a great, uh, consolation for, you know, the loss of him too. So, um, However, I will say it's electric, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not my thing. Your and cup of the tea. battery in this thing <laughs> scares the bejesus out of me. That's a lot of scaring. It, it's a lot of battery. I mean, this thing is a, uh, I had to write it down because I'm not into electrics. It's a six cell 5,000, 20 something volts. It's scary to me. Like that's now, like, hold it, on. like I, if I that thing goes off. I have a question. You've used. Three cell, five thousand milliamp batteries before, right? Three cell? Mm-mm. There's one literally right here on the floor next to me. There's one there. There's another one. Oh, uh, those aren't mine. There's another one. No, but I mean, you've been around them. You, you've. Well, yeah, but they're not mine. I don't charge them and discharge them. Oh, so that's the part that scares you? Well, yeah. I mean, having it in my hand is, you know, is whatever. But like when that thing is sitting on my bench, <laughs> like, like I yeah. literally clear my bench for like at least a few feet around it. I charge it on a ceramic tile inside my lipo safe bag thing that I used to do with the yeah. RC cars. Sure. Because I, I don't know. I, it, that's a huge, in my opinion, that's a huge battery. And if that thing went off, man, it would take my whole house down. If, if this little 5,000, Three cells went off. It could do the same it's thing. Same. It's, it's it could no, do the same thing. It's not the same. It is the same. I uh, know. You're right. It's twice as much, but it's See? the same as it's the same as twice. these two batteries that it's are standing or sitting right here. Yeah, it's twice I'm as much. I'm just saying. Let's let's be rational about it. Well, I I have irrational fears. I get that. Well, I do too. But anyway, I, so I only own one battery for this thing, which is unfortunate because the airplane flies so nice. I would want to fly it over and over. So I'm now thinking, great oh. great planes. Are when you? they made this thing. They made it for gas or for nitro or electric. So if, what I'm thinking is I could convert it to nitro. Yeah. I've got plenty of that, engines. <laughs> well, you might need to order another one just in case. Well, I might. That's actually not a bad idea. And so I know I'm the electric guy. I like electric airplanes, and I might regret saying this. But I fully can understand. <laughs> You're just sitting over there. Mm-hmm. Big, Say it. Big grin on your face. <laughs> Say it. I can fully understand the draw Mm-hmm. Of a of a nitro, but I'm not gonna say that as much as I'm gonna say a gasoline engine, because yeah. to me gas is the best way to go. However, I don't like the fact that if you have four different airplanes that are electric, you're gonna have four different batteries that you're gonna run with that electric airplane or with each one. So batteries don't interchange between airplanes very well if they're different sizes. Right. Fuel whether it be glow or gas, will work in any airplane that's of the same, right. you know, powered by less, the same thing. Yes. So that is the part that really brings me more to like a gas airplane for something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I would like to have is airplanes that all run on the same size battery. I don't think it's going to happen because I have different airplanes. Unfortunately, you limit yourself to the same size airplane right. for and that, everything. And I, I understand that's not the best way to do it, but I know I need to buy some four-cell lipos yeah. and stuff for a couple different airplanes I have now. But those get expensive. I know. They yeah. do. But they're going to outlast what you have $25 a gallon in your um, in your nitro fuel. 
or 30, depending on where you buy it, or 32 was the last <laughs> gallon I bought. So, I mean... Hey, it, just because you make poor choices in where you buy your fuel... <laughs> that's the same place you bought a gallon. I didn't buy a gallon there. I thought you did. Negative. Oh. Negative, Johansson. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, so I spent $32 on a gallon of fuel, and then what was it? Three it's weeks okay, later, because we at the time, a, we didn't know about this other place. And yeah, three weeks later, we went to another place, and it was twenty three ninety nine a gallon or twenty two ninety nine, whatever. Um, but the point is, <laughs> electric airplanes are still my my go to. I like them for ease. Yes, but yes, for bigger airplanes, for different size airplanes, I can understand having the same fuel source right. for everything. No, I got it. And I, and I'll and I'll give you this: I have never ever been as frustrated with an electric airplane as I have with nitro airplanes. Oh, or absolutely, gas. because electric just works. It does. I, I don't. You know, I'll give you that. But I'm thinking with this particular airplane, because the battery is so big and scary to me um, and expensive, that battery was actually more than I spend on most of my 40 size glow motors. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, if I convert this to nitro, a 40, a nice good 46, I got a few of those that would be perfect for this. Then I could fly it over and over and over and over and over and have no worry about having to spend so much money on batteries. That Plus, I could true. take one gallon of fuel and fly four or five different sizes, yeah. even of airplanes. Yeah. No, I I, I understand so, that. So I'm thinking. I mean, I haven't actually pulled the trigger yet, but uh, I, I'm actually thinking about converting that one back, or not converting it back because it was built as an electric, but converting it to nitro. You know, so I'm I'm just kind of saying here, we're having all these problems with these engines. Maybe if you buy good engines to begin with, we wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, I feel like when I buy them, they are good engines. They just need a home. Well, but they need to run. Well, and I've been running them. Like I've I've slowly been going through my engine collection and I've got actually I've got a notebook, you know, that I built I showed everybody the stand that I built, right? Mm -hmm. I've been slowly going through my engines and making notes and things like that. And I've found more that run good than don't. So that's something. So the only ones that don't run well are the ones Have that we've to put land on, on the, the Telemaster. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just my actually, luck, isn't it? Actually, that's there's only one of them that really doesn't run good, and it only doesn't run good because it's upside down. They all run good. Like well, the, the like other one the, doesn't run good right now, especially because it's broken. Well, right. But I mean, it ran good until it broke, <laughs> right? Okay, And the AFP sure. ran good Until upright, it didn't. And that Super Tiger 75 ran good. Period. I mean, it just wasn't enough engine. Yeah. Or prop okay, I'll give that airplane. one to you. So, sure. Uh, but I'm I'm not gonna lie. I've I've got a few duds mm. uh, so far. I've got one that uh, you know no compression, so I've got to try to find a piston sleeve. But anyway, the Kristen Eagle, good to go. I'm thinking about converting it to nitro. Uh, speaking of flying, I mean, we said uh, I think we may have said it on one of our first episodes. We'd like to do more flying. Well, we certainly have. Yeah, I'm actually happy about that. We. Uh... I would say I've flown more this year, probably than in the last, well, especially at the field. I'll state that. Right. Gotcha. Um, probably I've been out there more this year than I have in the last like four years combined. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that statement at all because, yeah, you were not at the field at all for the last few years. No, not um, really. Not like even on with, our January 1st, I think, which was a which was a tradition for a long time. I think it's been two or three years since I've been out there for yeah. that, yeah. Uh, I just, I got out of it just because of Piper. Well, yeah, you, I had, mean, a, that, you had a baby. I mean. That does that, it to you. It sure does. You know, you could um, still fly around the house and stuff every now and then, but it was nowhere near what I wanted to be able to do. Not quite the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's not. You're right. I mean, I like going to the field and hanging out with the fellas and the, the camaraderie and 
I, you know, I like to tinker, so, you know, tinker on my airplane, someone else's airplane, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I get that part. What I like is the, the ability to just go out, fly an airplane, and come in and be done. True. I mean, I can literally walk outside, yeah. go through a battery, come back in in 10 minutes. You know? Well, I mean, I have, I have that opportunity as, kind of as well. With, with small electrics, I can go over to the school that's not too far from my house, and I, mean, I can walk there and take an airplane and fly. And I have before, but it's not the same to me. I, I, I like going to the field and the, you know, the ritual of, you know, getting there and setting up your airplane and putting it together, getting it ready. I like that. I, it's, it's the whole dex, you know, dexterity. No. The whole tactile, That's... whatever oh. it is, the whole doing something with my hands. Yeah, it's too much, though, at times. <laughs> I mean, really. It's... Well, sometimes it can be time-consuming. Yeah, there's not enough time in the day. Right. Especially for you with a young kid and the activities and everything. I'm not in that I'm not in that position anymore, so. Yeah. Not as much, anyway, so. Um, but, okay. yeah, well, I, I would agree. Yeah, we're definitely getting back into it more, though, and I'm yeah. happy about that. I, I've, I've flown more already this year than I did last year, for sure, mm-hmm. and maybe for the last couple of years myself, uh, which is a good thing. I'm, I'm glad to be getting back. Yeah. And it's funny how time just goes by and I don't remember like exactly what all, you know, like when we did what and when we flew and we did all that, but you're right. The January 1st thing, like I said, I, I, I think I might've gone out a couple times in the last three or four years and not flown anything, mm-hmm. but I haven't flown right. for probably five or six years on January 1st. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I try to do that every year, even if I'm not active mm-hmm. you know, in the hobby, but sometimes I don't make it to the <laughs> yeah. field on January 1st. Yeah, I know. So how about you? You've been working on anything? You got any updates? Uh, no. Okay, then. I cleaned the garage. Oh, and by the way, the, it looks fantastic. Uh, so we've been working on the Telemaster in the garage. Thank you. Um, and you have it air conditioned out there, which thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, or um, else I would never step foot in there. But uh, yeah, today, I mean, it was like, it was like a completely different garage. We'll get into <laughs> you. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I mean, there's just too much stuff out there. You know, we've been working on so many different projects and stuff, and it just got to the point where I was like, no, I, I can't. And you I, built I some. Take and it. you built some storage racks. I did. Um, I not, know they're not what you wanted. Not yet. My but... wife won't let me put holes in the in the walls yet. Hey, speaking um, of wife. Uh, Ron and I have been <laughs> have been tinkering with an idea that mm-hmm. I had. Mm-hmm. I'll take credit for it. That way, if it bombs, it's my fault. Oh, it won't but bomb. We're, we're thinking we're thinking about having uh, having the lovely ladies uh, run an episode of their own. I think um, that would be fun, I, I, or funny at least. I, for I us. think I think it would be very entertaining, and I think it would be uh, neat to maybe hear a candid conversation between two wives with husbands in the hobby. To see what the impact is and maybe see what their perspective is. So, uh, if you're a fan of that idea, if you're listening, uh, hit us up. You know, through our, uh, our all the different ways you can contact us: Facebook, yeah, website, Plane Lab, uh, message, all that, all whatever. The sure. Leave us a message. You know, yeah. If you, you think that's a good it. idea or something you might want to listen to, uh, let us know. Uh, I think we're going to probably do it anyway. But if uh, <laughs> <laughs> or if you have any questions that you want them to answer, oh yeah, reach there you out. Go. I think that would be fun yeah, too. I think that would be yeah. They could uh, maybe read some. Uh, listener uh, questions and answer them. I think that'd be a great idea. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I'll take credit for it, um, good or bad. Uh, I, I think it'd be fun, e, to uh, to listen to that. And hopefully, uh, my the idea is for us to like 
set them up with the you set them up with the recording and yeah, give them I'll, the I'll do's get all and, that stuff ready and then we leave. Yeah, get the get them give them the do's and don'ts, you know, like don't be banging against the mic stand like I have a bad habit of doing or, all the time you or do. Clearing your throat or saying um or you know all or the time you all do the stuff like I like I the bad habits that I have. Mm -hmm. And then like once they're set up, just leave and then that way they can feel free to even though we'll listen later. Later. But but we're not they there can have that, that conversation. I think I think the I think it would be fun. I do too. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's something we're thinking about doing. So if you think that's a good idea, let us know. If you think it's a bad idea, let us know. I mean we're we're literally here for you. So we're probably gonna do it anyway. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> uh speaking of being here for you guys, we have some uh listener questions and feedback that we want to uh, get to. Yep. So, Tom, what do you got? So the first one we'll go over here. Uh, I, I apologize. I don't have a name. Uh, apparently, this was a, a text message between you and this individual, and uh, I don't believe the he or she left a name. Right. So if you uh, if you reach out via text or, you know, even a, a voicemail, let us know your name. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, that way it's we okay. can that way we can read it on the air and you know that we are indeed talking about you. Uh, so I'll just read it. It says, uh, "Hey guys, I really enjoy the podcast. I am up to date. LOL. Uh, I have Very a small good. question about the simple soar from flight test. Uh, I had an idea when I saw those huge carbon fiber gliders, so I decided to make a wing twice the size of the stock one. I used the same profile as the regular wing. The only thing I didn't do is put dihedral." So after the few test flights, I have good news and bad news. It doesn't want to stop flying. Well, that's good news. That is good news. Uh, flying is good. Uh, my wing works. That's the good news. But, however, <laughs> it won't turn. So I installed 24-inch ailerons. That's a lot of aileron. It is. And it still won't turn. He says, so what can I do to make it turn? Should I put dihedral at the wing tips or make a new tail? Thank you very much in advance. So... It kind of goes along with scaling up. Exactly. Uh, so he uh, he he went with a, a according to the message a, a wing that was roughly twice the size of the original. And, and he sent pictures, so it's twice the width. Um, so okay. he didn't expand or extend the uh, the, the cord. cord. Okay. Um, but he did expand the wingspan. So more span. Okay. Uh, but he did not enlarge any part of the tail. No. Control surfaces on the, the rear end of the plane did not get enlarged. Right. So in the in the pictures that I saw and the and the conversations that we've had, uh, it I would me personally, I think I uh, probably uh, if he enlarged the tail, give himself a little more vertical area and certainly more rudder, I think that would that would certainly help his problem. Yeah. So if you're if you're gonna you know double the wingspan of an airplane, it is gonna make it glide better. Um, but usually when you do that, I would also expand the cord to match. You know, we talked about before when when you're shrinking plans or when you're blowing up plans, you know, like doubling the size of a wing, not just the wingspan, but actually doubling the size of a wing will increase the uh, lifting area by four. It's once again squaring and all yep. that kind of stuff. Right. So it's math. Math, you know, it works out fine. <laughs> but anyway, so the easiest thing to do, I think, instead of just making it wider, if you really want to make it turn, make it behave about the same way as the other one did, just maybe fly a little bit slower because it's going to be a little bit lighter. Mm -hmm. Um Double everything. Right. So literally make it twice as big of an airplane. That means fuselage is going to be twice as long. Uh, rudder, or the, yeah, the rudder is going to be twice as big. The whole control surfaces will be twice as big. And it should fly wonderfully that way. It should fly very similar, somewhat similar, I'll say, to the original. Mm -hmm. But probably better. Probably better because it's bigger. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Bigger is better. Bigger usually, bigger usually flies better. So if, if I apologize, like I said, I, I don't know the name, but if you're listening, um, let us know where you're at. Cause I think uh, the communication sort of dropped off and never really got any kind of resolution on whether, you know, if he tried a bigger tail or, or she, if they tried a bigger tail or. No, it was a he. Cause he sent me pictures of him with a couple oh, okay. of airplanes that he right. had. So if, uh, so, yeah. if he had a, if he tried a bigger tail and that worked, I'd love to, I'd love to know. Yeah. So, uh, if he's out there and you're listening, uh, yeah, send us an update. Uh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Very good. Pictures. You pictures sent some, are, but we like We more. do like pictures. I like yeah. pictures. I like seeing other people's airplanes and it's like airplane porn, if I could say that. I love looking at Nirvana pictures or whatever. Of, yeah. yeah, there you go. Pictures so, of airplanes. So I will admit though my stupidity when it comes to, once again, the flight test stuff. I'm not familiar with them. So uh, when you ask questions about flight test stuff, we're not really going to give you an answer straight on flight test stuff because I, you know, we've never built any flight test airplanes. Yeah. Um, so really we're kind of learning with you guys. Yeah, exactly. Because like the way he built the wings and stuff on that, we, we had a discussion about that, you know, texting back and forth. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of or built wings that way. And yeah, it's actually a either. good idea. Yeah, really. it's neat. It's actually it is, a neat yeah. idea. Simple, quick. You know, if you want to, uh, prove something, you know, you can do it quickly with these, uh, the way they build stuff. It's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. That's just not something I'm familiar with. So yeah. bear with us when you ask us, you know, <laughs> if you ask us questions about flight test stuff, we'll be happy to look into it. But just know that that's not our expertise. Forte. Yeah. There you go. Um, but the stuff is neat. I, I will say yeah. some of the stuff they do is, is pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next one, uh, Neil Ryans from Limerick. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ireland. Uh, he says... Limerick, maybe? Limerick, maybe. I don't yeah. know, but Ireland, cool. Ireland, yeah. He says, uh, great episode, gents. I like that, gents. I do, too. Uh, Makes me feel royal. Yeah. Or regal, not Gen royal, regal. Gents. I cannot remember the last time someone called me a gentleman, which is... Well, there's probably a reason for that. Well, uh, maybe. So he, he asks, uh, would you use one receiver per plane or switch receivers uh, between planes? Uh, reason I'm asking, as a beginner, I have one transmitter, uh, a FlySky i6, plus one receiver, uh, and a FlySky Chinese copy. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, the, his one receiver is the Chinese copy. He says, I know, but it works. I think he's referring to the uh, comment I made a few episodes ago about uh, not going with the Chinese copies on the electronics, but... Um, oh, hey. see, I, I still don't have a problem, so you're fine. Yeah, and, you know... It, it depends on the airplane. Today, in today's world, it's hard to avoid it. I yeah. mean, and, you know, the, the cost difference. But anyway, he says he has three models, and uh, he switches one receiver between the planes. Uh, he says, should I have one receiver per plane and rebind before each flight? Thanks. Uh, so, Neil, I think we've, we've already answered you via email, but I'm going to go ahead and go over this for our listeners. Oh, I think I understand now. So when he says rebind before each flight... Yeah, because it's a different airplane. Well, but the transmitter so the will only will do. And, well, the transmitter will only do one uh, receiver. A, then, I'm assuming it's not like a not like, like it a has model memory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming. That's well, what I'm kind of assuming. Yeah, I'm a big fan of not switching out electronics between airplanes yeah, between me too. flights. Yep. Um, only and and you can do it. That's fine. If you know, if 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 it's a money factor, if it's something sure. like that, that's fully understandable. But I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's the basics. Too. Yeah, you know, it's no, I get that's it. that's the biggest thing that keeps me from wanting to do something like that between planes. That, and to be quite honest, you could miss something. 
it's a lot easier That's to true. do something Plunk incorrectly something in, in the wrong slot or whatever. And yeah. I know pre-flight should check all that, and you know you should catch it, but things happen. As I have proven, sometimes you miss the the pre-flight. Yeah, as much as you preach it, you still didn't I, do a yeah, pre-flight. I know, but and I crashed. You did. That that's what happens, right? Exactly. Um, but no, it, it's easier. Uh, in my opinion, to have one receiver per airplane and not switch them out. It is. I understand that it, especially as you get into more and more airplanes, the more addicted you get to the hobby, mm-hmm. um, it becomes cost prohibitive to to put a receiver in every airplane. Um, and there are certainly ways that you can set your airplanes up to make switching between airplane easier. Uh, for instance, if you set every airplane up the same, you know, the throttle servos go in the same direction to run the throttle or ESC or whatever, you know, the it servos in every airplane goes the same direction to move the elevator up and things like that. You can, you can do things to minimize the amount of times or the necessity, if you will, of rebinding for every airplane. Like if you have two airplanes, maybe they're different airplanes, but they're set up identically so that the servos move the same directions to accomplish the same task, you could theoretically put a receiver, the same receiver in either of those airplanes, and the receiver doesn't know which airplane it is. All it knows is what inputs it's getting from the transmitter. So if you have the airplane set up mechanically similar, you could put a receiver in either one of those without binding it to that particular airplane. Yeah, so this kind of goes back to... It's a lot of work, Yeah, this this goes back to what you were talking about before, about setting your airplane up correctly. Right. So if you have everything set up correctly on your throws, on all your control surfaces to where zero is zero. Yes. You know, when you're actually centered on that servo, then your control surfaces are centered also and you don't have to use any trim. Right. Sure, you can go back and forth between them. I still wouldn't necessarily want to take the receivers out of every airplane. No, I agree. I, I'm I'm not suggesting that I would rather do that. I'm just saying if if money is an issue and you can't afford, you know, receiver on planes that might be similar such that you could set them up mechanically identical, you could potentially save yourself the cost of an extra receiver by going that route and then just swapping the receiver back and forth. Right. But I don't recommend it. No. Uh, um, like for, the, for, for the reasons that you mentioned, you could miss something when you unplug and plug stuff back in, not to mention the wear and tear on the pins on the actual receiver itself. Yeah, that would concern me too because I actually have a few receivers to where that out, or the, uh, the outside plastic case on them mm-hmm. is broken. Yes. I mean, they still work fine. Yeah. But it is. I know the receiver you're talking about too, because I think I made a comment about it. You did. Well, you know of one of them. There's another one too that actually is is broken like that. Um, But they are ones that I got not new. You know, they came on airplanes that I had already had them in it and that kind of stuff. And yeah, you just, you never know. And the more you, uh, the more you mess with things, the more it's possible to get them messed up. Right. It's just, it's, it's easier to leave your airplanes the same. Um, and if you have to rebind, you know, if that transmitter does not do multiple model memory, which I'm not familiar with those. Yeah, I, I'm not either. Um, then, yeah, rebind each time would be what I would suggest. Yeah. But leave all your yep, – I shouldn't even say that. If you can make it to where you can get one that doesn't have to be rebound every time, what you gain with that, even though it's going to be more money, is that you don't have to retrim your model every time you fly. Oh, you mean with a receiver in each in each one? Is what you're talking about? Well, I thought didn't he say something about leaving a receiver in each one and then just binding it, like rebinding it when he uh, uh, when he, he wants to fly he has a different three models one? and switches receivers between planes? He should said, would should I have one receiver per plane and rebind before each flight? Question mark. Yes. So one receiver per plane 
Yes, that's yeah, ideally that's the way to do it. Talking about, yeah. But if you have the the transmitter that doesn't have to, or that has the the no multiple model, memory. model memories on right. it, then you can just switch between them. Yeah, yeah. Did I make yep. that clear enough? I think so. I think yep. so. Well, I understand what you're saying. Nobody else might, but I don't know. Well, it makes sense to to us. So if there's questions, again, uh, text us or email us or call even. Uh, reach out however you want however to. You, however you want to. Hit us up on Facebook. I mean, I, I'm fairly active on Facebook. That's the one media that I feel like I can actually contribute to our little endeavor here. <laughs> yeah, if um, you want to talk to Tom, Facebook's the way to get in touch with him. <laughs> um, but, uh, but Neil, thanks for thanks for uh, emailing us. Hopefully we answered, uh, we were able to answer your question and uh, uh, hopefully you've found a resolution and uh, are flying happily. Yeah. Enjoy your flying in Ireland. Yes. Okay. Our next message comes uh, in a couple forms from uh, James Kulata. Uh, the first one he sent us was through our website, and it says, uh, Hello, RC Plane Lab podcasters, Ron and Tom. I've been catching up with your recent cast and thought to provide some comments and questions, a potpourri, if you will. Uh, so his first question is, how do you know when it's time to change a glow plug or if your glow plug is getting weak? Um, he also says, and I'll, I'll just kind of glance over some of this stuff. He says, I'm, uh, I'm not a foamy. I see the foamies fluttering around the sky like a butterfly or a bat out of hell. And it's not for me. Uh, <laughs> he says, I feel I, his pain. Yeah. He says, I, I like understand his point of view. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I like planes that fly, not hang the planes that shatter when they crash wood, baby, not bounce. <laughs> uh, this is foreshadowing for anybody that knows, uh, English literature. Um, uh, but Hey, I have no problem if people like the foam to each their own. He said, like you, I greatly appreciate majestic takeoffs and smooth-as-glass landings. It takes practice, but oh, what a joy to see. Takeoffs and landings are where the finesse is, uh, and the best part of flying to me. The in-between stuff is cool also, don't get me wrong. So, we also got a message from him that says, uh, uh, I just recently sent you an email from your website contact page, but I guess I cannot add pictures. Uh, so he sent us a picture of an old uh, 1980, or, uh, 1980 trainer that he uh, mentioned that he built and restored a few years ago uh, when he wanted to get back in the hobby. Uh, he said he couldn't remember the make and model. Maybe you do, and I know you had some, uh, Tom, yeah. you had some uh, yep. conversations with yeah, him. Yeah, James and I went back and forth a little bit on that. I think you figured it out we towards did. the end. yep. Um, but, but he says, um, so after I restored it by fixing some hanger rash to the wing, recovering wing in yellow and cleaning up the engine, I was ready for my new maiden flight after being out of it for 30 years. 30 years out of it and gets back in. I love that. I know. That's awesome, isn't it? Yep. Uh, long story short, it was a success and the plane flew like, or flew like a dream. Uh, had several flights over many weeks until its demise. Uh -oh. That's the foreshadowing the I was talking about. Yeah. So, uh. On its last flight, I was heading down for a fast flyby, and the left wing began to flutter. Hey, we talked about that just recently. Uh-huh, and how dangerous it could how be. How dangerous that is. Uh, before I could react in any way, the left wing exploded into splinters, and the plane dove into the runway at full speed and about a 70-degree angle, uh, hitting on the aluminum spinner, shattering the engine and everything behind. Yeah, oh, ouch. Oh, what sorrow. Yeah. Um, I feel your pain. Yeah, basically, he says, I think it came apart because the old glue over the years became brittle and the airframe could not handle the stress. Uh, I was hitting it pretty hard and having great fun screaming around the sky. But in hindsight, that crash was my fault. My, as I say, brain went stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great uh, quote um, from someone I know. Yeah. That I'm um, looking at right now. Who's that? <laughs> Um, he says, I should have known better than to push that old plane around so hard. This is why I want to build another. So if you can recognize the model, please let me know. 
uh, pictures are attached, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, thanks again, gentlemen. Keep up the great podcast. Yeah, so James and I went back and forth quite a bit. Um, I made a couple of uh, suggestions of what it was, and eventually we, we came to the conclusion that it was a uh, Barnstormer 25E from OK Model or uh, whatever it was called after that. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, he said he found one on, uh, I'm presuming eBay or one of the other sites, uh, said he was going to build, hopefully he's building it now or is flying it, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, if you have an update, let us know. But uh, yeah, well, that was a that was a great conversation. So he touched on a couple things. Mm-hmm. First off, let's get to the, how do you know when your glow plug is bad? Oh, okay. So the biggest telltale uh, for, for me anyway, is uh, usually when a plug goes bad, they, they don't just kind of taper off and then finally go bad. They're either good or they're bad normally. Uh, so usually what will happen is you'll have an engine that's running great one day and you get to the field and it either won't run at all or it won't respond the way it's supposed to, to needle changes, things like that. That's usually the first indicator. Or perhaps it will only run if it's powered by the uh, glow plug igniter. Exactly. That was what I was going to say next is if... Uh, I stole your thunder. That's okay. When uh, when you have the glow plug igniter on, you know, to start it up and it runs fine. And then when you pull the igniter off and it immediately dies, that's usually a, another good indicator that's time to replace a plug. So the other thing he brought up that I, I, I guess I never thought about, when he said that, uh, oh, what was it about, um, the glue over the years became brittle, brittle and the yeah. airframe could not handle the stress. So is that a thing? I mean, like, the only reason I really am kind of concerned about that one now that I wasn't before, we, you know, <laughs> we talk about the Telemaster, we talk about some of these other planes that we have had for years. For years and years, yeah. Um, and obviously the Telemaster was an ARF. We didn't put it together. Right. I, I don't know really how the glue joints are. We, we yeah. had it apart and it didn't seem like there was anything loose. Right. Um, but how much of a, a worry should that be for us? It, it can be. Uh, it, it depends on the glue that was used. Uh, some glues hold up better over time than others. I'm by no means an expert, um, but usually epoxy is good to go for uh, millennia. I mean, <laughs> epoxy okay. is uh, it's very tough stuff and will last a very, very long time. CA, kind of the same thing if it was assembled with CA. You know, that CA soaks into the wood and it becomes a part of the airframe, essentially, uh, which is why it's so hard to sand. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one that I would worry the most about over time is aliphatic resin, which is basically the liquid ba- or water-based wood glues, you know, the yellow glue, stuff oh. like carpenter's glue. Okay. Um, and and even then, if it's, a, if it's a good fitting glue joint or if it's a joint that was... Uh, not overly saturated with glue because too much glue is almost as bad as not enough glue, honestly. Um, like if the glue in the corner is just, if there's so much of it there and it's just globbed on top and it, and it, and it like kind of skin, I'm talking about the, the wood glue now mm-hmm. and it kind of skins over. It doesn't really get a chance to really soak into the wood before, you know, it's just this big glob sitting on top of the wood, not really contributing to the, you know, to the strength of that particular joint. Uh, so of all of the adhesives out there, uh, the, the liquid based or I'm sorry, the water based wood glues are the ones that I would have the most concern over. But, you know, we, we had a really good opportunity to, to look that airframe over and, you know, we handled it quite a bit, especially when we were taking the covering off on the telemaster, we we were really yanking on it, you know, and we didn't pull anything loose really. Um, so I, I really wouldn't be worried about the glue jades glue joints um, any more than I would be worried about the condition of the balsa. 
Balsa over time, you know, dehydrates, right? There's a little bit of moisture in balsa, believe it or not, even though it looks dry and, and you work with it and it sands fine, there is actually a little bit of moisture in the in the fibers and the and the cellulose of the of the wood or whatever that actually lends some resiliency to it. Over time, when that dries out, it does become brittle. Uh, so if you've if you've got an airplane that maybe has been stored in a dry climate for years and years and years and years and never been uh, introduced to any kind of moisture to sort of I don't want to say, um, what is it when you... Uh, rehydrate it. Thank you. Uh, to rehydrate it. But, you know, going in and out of dry and, and humid environments is better for balsa than leaving it in a dry environment forever. So uh, my biggest concern over older airplanes is the condition of the balsa more so than, than the glue joints, especially if it's an airplane that I've put together, because usually I'm fairly confident in my glue joints. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Um, but yeah, that, that certainly can be a concern for, for older, especially older airplanes. So, I mean, would you, would you really like, would you want to re-glue like hinge joints and anything like that? Cause so, I, I know we re-hinge the telemaster. Yeah. So obviously. when I'm, yeah, when I'm looking at, at an, at an old airplane, like if I'm going to go to a swap meet and I'm looking at an airplane that's clearly been around for a long, long time before I buy it, I'm going to look it over really close, you know, like I'm not going to try to pull the control surfaces off the thing, but I'm going to give them a little bit of a tug, you know, to, you know, maybe, uh, get, if I can, you know, take the wing off, whatever, and get a close look of the, of the quality of the joints, the, you know, the mating surfaces inside where, you know, are they good joints or there's big gaps in them that are just filled with globs of glue, you know, that's not usually a very strong joint. Mm -hmm. Um, but even so, uh, I mean, I think, honestly, I think James's issue with the, with the, with that original, uh, restored trainer because it was, was more of a flutter problem, I think probably, uh, than, than the condition of his, his glue joints or the, or the shape of the balsa wood, because he did send us the, the crash pictures. And, you know, from what I can see in a, you know, in a grainy, a cell phone camera, uh, looked like his, you know, was pretty well constructed and it was probably an R from this okay model, which were fairly good quality R's back in the day. So I think probably maybe just a little bit too fast and maybe here they Maybe some flutter happened. Maybe maybe there were warning signs maybe that he didn't catch. But I think the demise of his airplane was really more due to flutter than the age of the airframe or the quality of the glue joints. And flutter can happen very quickly. And Absolutely. I mean, you can, it, when it happens, it can be over then there's nothing before you, you even it. notice it. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't necessarily reflect either um, the quality of the build or, or the style of the flying. Flutter can happen. I mean, it, there are things you can do to minimize it, but... When it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you know, a hinge, you know, a hinge joint that maybe is not sealed or maybe a little bit too big, is cause for flutter. Loose, you know, connections onto the servos. We've we've gone over what can cause it on on, <clears throat> on a previous episode, but um, in this particular case, I'm more inclined to think that flutter was the demise more than more than the condition of the airplane itself. I wonder if he had. Uh, I don't think he said in there if he put new uh, servos and stuff in. Because I wonder if old servos might have had a, a little bit of yeah, a contributing factor to it also. James, if you're listening, let us know. Um, but uh, I don't think he indicated whether he put new radio gear in it or not. Okay. But certainly if he had old servos, maybe that could have been a contributing factor too. Yeah. And speed has a lot to do with flutter too. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. faster you go, It goes the up more, exponentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the faster you go, the more more air that's going over it quickly, and that will, that will add to it. Yep. So what else you got? Okay, so uh, this came to us via the uh, the contact us form on rcplanelab. Uh, dot com. Dot com, thank you. Visit us over there. 
Ask yeah. us questions. Yeah, ask Come on over. Ask away. Sign up for our email list. Do whatever else you want. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. That's so what it's there sometimes for. Sometimes we put pictures there. It's been a while since we put pictures there, but most of the time I'm putting them on Facebook. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Gary Gilbert uh, says, uh, hey guys, love the podcast. Look forward to it every Monday at work. Uh, y'all have made these pandemic Mondays a bit nicer. I love the y'all. <laughs> y'all. Yeah. Yep. Well, and you'll see why. Uh, I too am an essential employee building C-130Js down here in Marietta, Georgia. Nice. Okay, y'all. Uh, his question is, how do you determine CG on an airplane if you have no data, such as a scratch-built airplane or an airplane you can't find the data on? Thanks again, guys. Gary Gilbert. Trial and error. <laughs> well, that's not the best way. Um, there, are, there are calculations you can you can use. Um, mm-hmm. I myself am kind of a 30% Mac guy, which means 30% of the mean aer- aerodynamic core. There are literally hundreds of different cool little easy-to-use calculators. If you just Google um, find CG or m- mean aerodynamic cord or whatever, um, and I and I hooked Gary up with one that I like to use. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, it's on my saved searches on my computer, but um, th- it's a calculation based on the you know basically the the wing area, uh, and I think the, it it has uh, the the um, the weight of the airplane, moment arms, and the, and how far away the most weight is from the you know from different positions on the airplane. But um, generally speaking, um, it's it's about on a on a square wing on on like what I would call a Hershey bar wing, it's usually a third of the way back, roughly. And if you have a a, a kit or something like that, it's usually right the near the the main yeah. spar. Not yeah. always. I mean, tapered wings. So they, I said usually. Right, right. But you know, tapered wings add you know kind of a complexity or uh, delta wings. If it's a delta wing, they add some stuff you know weird stuff too. Um, but if you can't find data on it, if you can't find you know, like if you don't have the instructions or the plans. Uh, or if it's something that you've designed yourself, there's some really great calculators out there. I'm I am by no means an aerodynamics expert. I wouldn't even call myself an aerodynamics enthusiast. I mean, I know <laughs> just a little bit about it, yeah. enough to get on Google and do the search. But yeah, uh, 33, 30 to 33% mean aerodynamic cord is is usually where I go, and that usually almost always falls at a convenient spot right there by the fuselage where the manufacturer has put the spar. Usually. Usually, yeah. So It's kind of designed into them. Yeah. Uh, but that was a question from Gary. Hope he's still building C-130Js down there, which I had an interesting conversation with him. Uh, uh, I'm C-130 crew chief, so he builds airplanes that uh, I sometimes crew chief on, which is kind of cool. I don't know what that means, but good for you guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm crew chief uh, in, the, uh, in the aviation world is the guy that basically uh, kind of oversees the maintenance, the day-to-day maintenance on that particular airplane, makes it ready to fly every day and does the inspections at the end of the day and does through flights and things like that. So you don't physically do anything? Me? You just take the paper and 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 give it to the person to give it to the next person? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, basically. Okay. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> no offense to any crew chiefs that are out there. We are usually the dirtiest folk out there on the flight line. Really? You actually get out and do stuff? Well, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> so I'm at a point in my career where I, I uh, I'm not as as you say, I'm old, right? So when you are. when you get I to mean, be I don't I can't believe you're not retired. When you get well, closer than I used to be. Um <laughs> so when you get to be my age, you usually are, are not the, the the guy out there performing the maintenance. 
And uh, I'm in a unique position where I work where we obviously we don't have airplanes here where I work. So, um, yeah, I get to go do it occasionally at a place where they do have airplanes. But most of my work is computer work, yeah. Yeah, so you These tell days. poor little Paul to go tighten that nut or, you know, take that off and look at it and send mm-hmm. me a picture. Even, yeah, even then I'm not telling Paul to do it. I'm telling Paul's supervisor <laughs> That's what I to said. tell Paul to... <laughs> Oh, redundancy, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's well. That's you know. That's, that's how it government works. work for you. Government, yeah. So, uh, so next is Aaron. <laughs> um, I believe this was a text message. Uh, looks like. Maybe. Okay. Uh, said uh, he has a question about what he should do as he gets back into the RC plane hobby. Uh, so, a little backstory: his first plane he built in two thousand two, flew it a few times, crashed in his backyard, uh, <laughs> and then he didn't stick with it. I kept all of his gear though. Uh-huh. Uh, so here we are, you know, quite a few years later, he uh, dug out his gear and come to find out all of his gear is old. He has an old FM radio and a, a gas engine, which is a nitro engine in this case. Um, and he says he was a little bit dismayed because everybody's flying electric now. What should I do? Should I keep all my old stuff to save the cost? Is it still relevant or should I just switch over to electric? Well, um, my thought... Might be a little different than yours. Well, you are the electric guy. Well, um, well okay, then I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> I'm also the cheap guy. You so are the cheap guy, that's for sure. If he doesn't know if he's going to stick with it, if he doesn't know if he really wants to uh, become, you know, like dive headfirst into it, stick with what you have. Yeah. Spend the $23 to $32, whatever it is, on a new gallon of fuel, <laughs> depending <laughs> right. on where you live, apparently. <laughs> Um, Which hobby shop you go to. Yeah, use the radio gear you have and, and yeah. just fly it a few times. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason not to trust that uh, that old FM radio. Back in the day, FM radios were the Cadillac. I mean, you had an FM radio, you were that much better than the AM radios we were using at the time. You know, at the, time. Uh, the, only, the only suggestion I would have would be to update the batteries in the transmitter and in the airplane. Yeah, make sure they work. But yeah. I mean, that's... Go over everything, make sure everything is still right. tight on the airplane, you yeah. know, make sure the, the covering isn't coming off, make sure the joints are still good, kind of like we just talked about right. going through it. But yeah, yeah he did mention that uh, it's a SIG Cadet LT40, which is a, a fantastic trainer. Um, so I, you know, me being the nitro guy and uh, balsa guy and non foamy electric guy, uh, my suggestion was to, yeah, you know, update the battery in your uh, airplane and your transmitter. Um, fire up that old, uh, I'm assuming it's probably going to be a, a 40 size motor of some kind, mm-hmm. uh, and go fly. I mean, like you said, especially if, uh, if you're not sure if it's, if you're going to stick with it, just, just fly what you have. And yeah, I think one of the other suggestions I think you may have mentioned was to try to find a local club. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing if you're, if you're not sure about it, only because somebody else can help you not crash your plane. Exactly. Yep. I mean, that's, there's no better way. In my opinion, there's no better way to develop a lasting um, endeavor into the hobby than to be introduced to it by somebody who has been successful in the hobby, if that makes sense. And on the flip side of that, there is no better way to get yourself out of the hobby than by flying something without knowing how to do it and crashing it and then being like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this. Yeah, exactly. So success will breed more success. Yep. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. So... Um, but anyway, that's, uh, thanks Aaron for, uh, for getting a hold of us. Um, hopefully we answered your question and if there are others out there in your uh, situation, hopefully that helps them too. Yeah. 
anything else, or is that the end of it? That was uh, that was the last one I had. Well, that was fun. It was fun. It was, I like that. It was episode. nice to kind of get back to just talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, uh, you know, you guys uh, and girls that are listening, um, if you have stuff you want us to talk about, as always, uh, hit us up on Facebook or on the on the contact us on the uh, website or. However you However do you it on the, the, the uh, telephone, yep. text message. If you have questions, we'll try to answer them. Or if you have uh, updates on questions that you've asked already uh, and we've talked about, uh, please send us pictures. I love pictures. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? That's all I got. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Good night. Are, are you going to say good night? Oh, yeah. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.